When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Future of Flushing. I'm Vito Khaleesi. With me is Jonathan Barron. I feel like I'm on a hot streak right now. I've said Vito Khaleesi so many days in a row. I'm really proud of myself. John, before we get into baseball, really quickly, how was your July 4th on a scale from 1 to 4? Well, it seems as if the weather gods listened to this uh, this podcast because I was questioning the viability of a storm. And um, there was an absolute ridiculous flash flood when I stepped outside about two hours later. So (laughs) that happened. Um, But it was good. I mean, it was crazy that like those rumors came about that the hot dog eating contest was canceled. And then 10 minutes later, the rain, the storm just totally disappeared in Brooklyn. And I was just like, why would they just cancel the thing? First of all, can't they eat hot dogs inside i mean they've got to have a contingency (laughs) for rain right like come on it's crazy that they don't because i feel like july 4th isn't always a solid like weather day i feel like we have chances when it's raining so for them to have no plan in action i mean john we work for the mets we can assure the listeners there's tons of plans in action before rain is happening if there's any sign of rain coming whatsoever there's conversations to be had i mean whenever you're planning anything outside it's rain or shine or there's a rain plan or, you know, the, the, you, if you're doing anything outside, you need to have a plan for rain. And I think that I think that, unfortunately, there was one tweet that kind of caught fire around the Internet that said it was canceled. And I think that that word was misused. Now, the word canceled and, and delayed mean completely different things. But whoever put that tweet out used the wrong word. It started spreading like wildfire. And then all of a sudden, you hear that the hot dog eating contest is about to go off. So I just that was a crazy saga to to watch unfold in real time on Twitter. I didn't reach my rate limit at that point. So (laughs) I was able to watch it all happen. But no, other than that, you know, just did a little cooking. You know, it was like the fourth time I've done that in my life. And um, how was baby's first July 4th? It was good. She wore a uh, 4th of July outfit that she seemed to hate so we <laughs> took it off of her but maybe next year maybe next year there's always next year what about you how was your fourth of july uh, it was pretty chill i spent the whole day kind of inside during the rain just looking out watching the show all american uh i'm like just binging through this teen drama about a kid from crenshaw who moves to beverly hills to play some football and then at night we got invited to two different july 4th parties this is pretty nuts we got invited to two different july 4th parties I said to Allah, I don't want to go to either because I'm tired from all the St. Louis travel. We get Mm -hmm. a text, and this is two different friends, two different, completely different friend groups invited us to these parties. We get a text from one of the friends of a picture of them all together. The two invites were to the same party in Brooklyn. So we missed out on one big party. We wandered up to our roof, but it ended up being awesome because we have a beautiful view of the fireworks. And our neighbors were lighting off fireworks, so like they were right in our face, John. I don't like that. I don't like that. There's there's way too much unregulated fireworking going on. Like there's someone a block away just possibly like, you know, taking out an eyeball here, blowing off a finger there. I don't know. I mean, 
it's uh it's a lot of loud banging i have a dog i have a baby so in my, say, in baby, my residence you know a baby and a dog together is just not a good combination for july 4th especially when she already hates the outfits yes yes the outfits are bad enough and then all of a sudden there's loud booms as we're trying to do bedtime so um yeah, you know, that's that's kind of changed my outlook on the 4th of July. But to all the listeners out there, Vito and I want to, uh, I guess, apologize. But it was a federal holiday. So, you know, everyone's busy. Um, we did not do an episode for everyone this morning. Vito and I received a lot of text about that. So we are here. We are back with you, getting you filled in. And I guess real quick, we could just, if you didn't know what happened um, on the 4th of July in the minor league side of things, Here's it in 30 seconds. Ronnie Mauricio hit a home run. Mark Fientos hit a, a tape measure home run. Rowdy Jordan hit a home run for the Binghamton Rumble Ponies. Jet Williams had a big day. And that's pretty much it. So you would have heard us say those things, probably some other assorted nonsense, and that would have been it. So sorry we didn't wake up with you this morning, but we're doing so this morning. So Vito, let's get right into it with what happened on Wednesday night. So we're going to start off with the Syracuse Mets, who lost 10-4 to to the Worcester Red Sox. This game was started by Nathan Lavender, pop stroke legend, because the Mets needed a starter. And Eliezer Hernandez made his fourth rehab start, and that's his first one with Syracuse because his first three were all with Brooklyn. Yeah, Vito, and Eliezer Hernandez continues to work his way towards possibly making his Mets debut at some point. And the Mets have sort of a little army of guys that right now are rehabbing and could help the big league club sooner than later. Talking about guys like Steven Ridings in the bullpen, Jose Quintana in the starting rotation, Sean Reed Foley has also been making rehab appearances, and now Eliezer Hernandez, who the Mets acquired from the Marlins in the offseason. So just some more depth right at the uh, the top of the, the player development system with the Syracuse Mets. And one more note from this game, Vito, Jonathan Arauz homered again on Wednesday night. So that's now four homers in the last five games for Arauz, Arau, excuse me, say that 10 times fast, and 13 on the season. So a couple weeks ago, the Mets add Danny Mendick to the Major League roster. They recently call up DJ Stewart. Both guys give them good depth options in the minor leagues. Abraham Almonte is another former big leaguer who is currently in the Mets minor league system. Jonathan Arauz, another one of those guys who could help the Major League Mets at some point. He's played in the Major Leagues before, was a member of the Red Sox, as a matter of fact, homering against his former organization on Wednesday, and he has just been on a tear when it comes to the power, has Jonathan Arauz. And before we move on to the Binghamton Rumble Ponies game, I do want to mention that after the All-Star break, when the Syracuse Mets finally get their homestand, they will be playing as the Syracuse Salt Potatoes because this is the duel of the dishes, the biggest robbery in New York State. They will be playing the Rochester Plates. I'm more of a salt potatoes guy to begin with. Now, this thing's been going on since 2017. Last year, the first thousand fans got a bobblehead that was the salt potatoes getting married. They married off their favorite salt potato last year, and they gave you a little bobblehead of a bride and groom to commemorate it. This year, though, no bobblehead, but if you go Saturday, you get to meet the Black Panther, and if you go Friday, you get to see some fireworks. So like I said, July 14th to 16th, it is the duel of the dishes. Hashtag get salty when the salt potatoes play the plates. 
Now to move on to the Rumble Ponies. The Rumble Ponies won 7-1 to versus the Portland Sea Dogs. And let's just get right into it. Dom Hamill had a phenomenal game, struck out a career-high 11 batters, faced 22 hitters overall, and John, he retired the first 11 batters he faced. John and I were watching two different games at this time. I was watching Tyler Stewart, who we will talk about later on. John was watching Dom Hamill, and when I said Tyler Stewart's having a game, John said, well, the story tonight's going to be Dom Hamill, and those 11 batters he faced to start is the reason why he said that. Probably the best start of Dom Hamill's professional career. Um, And keep in mind, this is a guy that played in the World Baseball Classic for Team Puerto Rico. So Dom Hamill has has been on the big stage already in his young career. But he dazzled on Wednesday night, like I have here in the notes, Vito. He literally put the Dom in the word dominant. His final line, six innings, three hits, one run, one walk. 11 strikeouts. He closed out his night by striking out the side in the sixth inning. So now over his last three starts, get this, 28 strikeouts, just three walks. He has struck out 38% of the batters he's faced in that span. And what I find incredibly interesting about this and really just generally exciting is that since June 22nd, Hamill now joins Tyler Stewart, who you just mentioned, and Blade Tidwell as Mets pitching prospects that have struck out 11 guys in a start. So whenever you check to see the probables, and if it's a Dom Hamill, if it's a Tidwell, if it's a Stewart, if it's a Vassal, if it's a Christian Scott, if it's a Cameron Foster, the list goes on and on. We know that there's going to be so much to talk about in Dom Hamill. He delivered the goods once again on Wednesday night. And that's what's fun about minor league baseball. It's really fun to just go watch a game and just follow players. I mean, like John said, when these guys are playing, if you live nearby, go watch. And if you don't live nearby, use that MLB TV login and watch these starts because here's a night where the Mets are playing at 940. I'm watching Tyler Stewart. John's watching Dom Hamill. And like, it's just, it's just such a good sign of what's to come for the Mets. Trey McLaughlin tossed a scoreless inning. He now is a sub two at Binghamton, and he's a 2021 draft pick from Fairfield. And, John, it looks like you want to give a special shout-out to Connecticut. Well, Vito, I was going to say this to later in the show, make him listen to the whole thing and stay on his toes and see if it was going to be mentioned. But my cousin Jamie, I want to shout-out my cousin Jamie, who's from Connecticut. It's Jamie's birthday today. Texted me, said, I can't wait to listen to Future of Flushing on my birthday at about 8 a.m., and I said, Jamie, I have some bad news for you. <laughs> There's no future of fucking episode today, but happy birthday nonetheless. So I'm making it up to you, Jamie, right now. I appreciate that you backed me up on the cream cheese does not belong in sushi take. I know it's the right take. I know you love the tangents. I know you love the info. So once again, happy birthday, Jamie, and shout out Fairfield, Connecticut. That's all I got on that topic. You know, that's not the only person today who uh, agreed with you on the cream cheese and sushi thing, because uh, our boss, Bobby Clemens, also sent us a text today where he said he agreed with you on the cream cheese thing. I didn't know Philly rolls were such a hot take. It's not that. I mean, it's a pretty common thing. But like when you go to a sushi restaurant and we, we can't do more than like 20 seconds on this. No, when you go to can't. a restaurant and there's more than like two rolls with cream cheese in them. That's a big red flag. That's as red of a flag as, as, as it gets. So that's it. Let's move on. That's the sushi break for today. We were told we have a limit on sushi talk by our boss. Next up, Brandon Fryman, who I saw get a lot of talk on Twitter last week just because people were like, the Mets have some great names in their system. They mentioned Blade Tidwell, Jet Williams, and they also said Brandon Fryman's a pretty cool name as well. 
Brandon Fryman, three for four, has now hit safely in 11 straight games. And, John, you have some fun little background tidbits on him. Yeah, Fryman's got a long, rich family history in baseball. He's actually the son of Travis Fryman, who, if the name sounds familiar, that's because he played in the big leagues, had a 13-year career, was a five-time All-Star was Travis Fryman, played for Detroit, played for Cleveland, and he also managed in the New York Penn League, and that's an interesting connection because Brandon was drafted in 2019, and he made his professional debut for the Brooklyn Cyclones, who at the time were a part of the New York Penn League. So a great, rich baseball pedigree, and Brandon Fryman, like you just said, has hit safely in 11 straight games. So just wanted to mention Fryman, who's helping the Rumble Ponies win games right now. Wyatt Young picked up a season-high three hits, continued to play well while Matt Rudick is not – while Matt Rudick is absent from the Binghamton lineup with – oh, sh- what am I saying? Wyatt Young picked up a season-high three hits, continues to play well while Matt Rudick's obviously on the IL right now, and Rowdy Jordan picked up his second straight three-hit game. Yeah, and, and Vito, these numbers for Rowdy Jordan, this is a sample of now 51 games, so – Kind of pretty much a third of a minor league season. Rowdy Jordan, since April 28th, slashing 293 with a 405 on base percentage and a 511 slugging percentage and 10 stolen bases to boot. So after a slow start, Rowdy Jordan is putting up all star numbers, just incredible numbers. He continues to wow each and every night. You check the box scores, you watch the game, he's picking up hits, he's making defensive plays running the base as well. Rowdy Jordan really making a name for himself this season with the Binghamton Rumble Ponies. So that's going to wrap up all the Rumble Ponies talk, and we're going to move on to the Cyclones, where the side of the scene where Joey Chestnut had to gather up all the hot dog eaters and get them together to come back out and start the contest. The Brooklyn Cyclones won 9-3 to versus the Wilmington Blue Rocks. There's a lot of Blue Rocks, Blue Crabs, Blue Things, but this is the Blue Rocks, in fact. And the star of this game was Tyler Stewart, who we did mention before. Tyler Stewart, six innings, only gave up two runs, one walk, five strikeouts, and one hit by pitch on 97 pitches. 66 of those were strikes. Now, some things I want to mention about this game. This is the 14th game this season, or a better way to say it. This is the 14th straight time because it's every single game Tyler Stewart has pitched where he's allowed two runs or less. That's just insane to see. And in this game, his ERA went all the way up to a 1.55 ERA. I can't believe it. And that still leads all of minor league baseball. So, I mean, what is going on in Brooklyn right now? Yeah, you you know you're having yourself a season for the ages when you allow two runs over six innings. And in a weird way, it almost feels like it was a disappointing night. But (laughs) that's where Tyler Stewart is right now because – Every single game, like you just said, you're expecting no runs to be allowed at all. Um, what he's doing right now is incredible. Uh, he's, he's he's certainly proven himself at this level. Um, and, you know, I, I guess we'll see what challenges lie ahead for Tyler Stewart as we approach the midway season, as we approach the midway point of the season. But like you said, 14 starts. No more than two runs allowed. When the ERA goes up after a start like this, this is a start that nine out of every ten starters in minor league baseball would sign up for every single time they take the mound. Six innings, two runs allowed. Sign me up. And I bet you if you ask Tyler Stewart, how do you feel tonight? 
just given what he's done all season long, he probably feels a little bit disappointed having allowed two runs in six innings. But, I mean, I guess perspective is everything. And when you've been that dominant and that great at preventing runs, a start like this almost feels like it's not that great. But Tyler Stewart is, has just been nothing shy of great all season. Another great outing as the Brooklyn Cyclones win again on Wednesday night. And just one last note on Tyler Stewart. In our interview with him, we did mention he went from a reliever to a starter. Let's just talk about his innings and how much they've increased over the last few years. Back in 2021, he got 22.1 innings in. 2022, he gets 43.2 innings in. And right now he's up to 75.2 already, and it's only halfway through the season. So it's almost like he's getting better the more he pitches. That's what I that's what I gather. As a scientist, when I look at those numbers, I see the more Tyler Stewart pitches, the better he is. Yeah, and I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that, you know, there's probably uh, some concern from fans when a guy kind of reaches uncharted territory. Can he sustain? And the answer is yes, because Tyler Stewart has has blown by his previous um, innings cap, if you would, and he doesn't seem to have any issue. And he's very economical in his starts. Last start, only struck out a couple of batters, but he got a lot of ground ball outs and and early in counts. So he's done a good job getting outs early. He's done a good job keeping the pitch count low. And that obviously will help you. Obviously, the fewer pitches you throw, the longer you can go in games. And that's been Tyler Stewart's M.O. all year. Some other players to know from this game. Junior Tillian went two for four with a two-run home run. He had three RBIs in the night in total. That's two home runs in his last four games. And he's now hit safely in five straight. Yeah, since the promotion, Tillian's starting to heat up a little bit, like you just mentioned, a five-game hitting streak. So he's found his way in the South Atlantic League after the promotion from the Florida State League. Remember, 12 home runs in 84 games last year at just 19 years old, two years younger than the league average age in the Florida State League. And before we wrap this one up, let's mention a few more guys like Stanley Consuegra and William Lugo. William Lugo, two for four with an RBI line drive single. And Stanley Consuegra went one for four with two RBIs. And one more note from this game, Kevin Parada. Another big night, three hits, a walk, on base four times. Kevin Parada continues to be the guy the Mets thought they were getting with the 11th overall pick in last year's draft. He just every single night for the last seemingly six weeks, picking up a couple of hits, reaching base, driving in a run, just on an absolute heater right now. And it's great to see from the first round pick of the Mets in 2022. And speaking of the draft, the draft is this weekend part of the All-Star Weekend festivities. So we will be back next week to talk to you about the draft, maybe mention a little futures game. We have some awesome. We have some interviews we want to play for you all. And one last note on games from tonight. The St. Lucie Mets did have a postponement, and they will be playing a doubleheader tomorrow. They will be playing a doubleheader. Douglas Oriana was scheduled to start for St. Lucie on Wednesday. We'll see if he shifts up to pitch on Thursday. But because of that doubleheader and the Mets DSL blue doubleheader and the Mets DSL orange and FCL Mets in action tomorrow, there are going to be nine games across the Mets player development system. And once again, all eyes will be on another exciting pitching performance. Hold on, let me start that. And once again, another big name will be on the mound. It's Blade Tidwell's turn as he looks to build off of his incredible start last time out. He will be facing the Wilmington Blue Rocks on Thursday night. Nick Morabito has the on-base percentage over 400. He'll look to keep it rolling 
for the FCL Mets. They take on the FCL Nationals at noon. So there will be tons of action for us to talk about tomorrow. And you guys know where to find all of that right here on the Future of Flushing podcast. And John, before we get out of here, you forgot to answer something for me before. What's that? I asked you what baby's first July 4th was on a rating from one to four, and you didn't give me the rating. You just said how it was. So you want a number. You know me. I'm a big numbers guy. It was a three. 75%. That's a C. You know, it was, it was a little gray for my liking. Um, you know, if we had today's weather yesterday, it would have been a four. You're answering for you. I asked, ba- do you think I'm calling you baby? No, but I think that I, uh, I am the one that has to talk for her right now. That's, that's she can't true. do it herself. No. At yeah. some point, she's going to have to be a guest and have some opinions on the Mets player development system. I mean, she's she's been hearing it since birth, literally. Yeah. She's a big fan of Luke Ritter. So. <laughs> well, Luke Ritter's turning out to be quite the prospect. But you know what? We will see you all in the future. We'll definitely see you all tomorrow. We promise you there will be an episode tomorrow. But see you all in the future. And cap the morning with the stock music. Enjoy. Enjoy.